Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. So here we are, and today is Grandparents' Day, and yes. how appropriately, National Make-Your-Bed Day. Yes, that is what we're talking about today. You know, yeah. So you're a grandparent. Maybe what's going on in your life as a grandparent? Well, it's still morning here. So, <laughs> and and <laughs> I can tell no you. No one's awake yet? No, probably no one's awake yet. I've been getting ready <laughs> for the show, and so uh, I, I I have had no life uh, to, to tell you about, uh, as far as grandparents day yet, okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it's coming. Okay. Well, maybe not today for grandparents day, but for those grand, those people who aspire to be a grandparent or who won't ever be a grandparent, I guess. Is that something you aspire to? Wait, wait, wait. Is that something you actually aspire to as being a grandparent? Yeah. Some people really can't wait to be grandparents. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Some people are better grandparents than they were parents. You know, you're older, you're wiser, you have more resources, you have more patience. Right, wait. So having now, have, having had a number of grandchildren and we've got one on the way, that'll be uh-huh. a new one coming next month. Oh, yay. Um, I, I will tell you, oh my God, I don't remember the others, the, the kids being this kind of work. Oh my goodness. Oh, you don't remember them being this much work? Either that or I don't remember being so tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's what not to look forward to. What's something that you absolutely love about being a grandparent? Holding their hands. Oh, say more. What do you mean? It's, it's, it, I think I've said this before, probably one of the biggest, it's not just holding their hands. Um, it's the ability to provide stability and safety. And it's just like, I remember going to my grandparents' house and they had a candy drawer, Aww. right? And I know that sounds really weird, but it's like, I knew I could go to my grandparents' house. My grandfather would say no. My grandmother would say yes. I knew to ask my grandmother <laughs> and it was like, go to the candy drawer. It was that place at anchoring. So, uh, we've got the grove in the backyard. One of my fondest memories was playing monster with them in the backyard and they they've got this little ninja warrior course that we've built for them uh where they run across and we play troll right who goes on my bridge etc well one time we're running up the path and the the youngest i guess she's not the youngest anymore the second youngest granddaughter she was the youngest at the time is running up the path and i'm chasing her and i'm being an ogre troll whatever and she and she suddenly stopped and turned around and she just said, Papa, I need a hug now. Oh, that is I, so I, sweet. I got too scared. I got too scared. I need a hug now. And I'm the one oh. she's running from. And, and <laughs> Oh, and so you have to turn your ogre off and become yeah. a lovable grandpa. Yeah. So, so, uh, 
it, it's and and periodically when we're walking right they just kind of they, these little ones reach their hand up and hold your hand and it's just wonderful it's a wonderful feeling oh i so i'm going to tell you a story in honor of national grandparents day i'm going to tell you a funny story about my grandma so my grandfather, the French Canadian, was the easy one with the candy. And my grandmother, the British one, was very strong and stiff upper lip. And everything has its place. And there's a place for everything, you know, kind of woman. Yeah. And my brother, who's older than me, and my cousin around the same age, they were visiting and helping my my uh, grandmother's brother-in-law with the groceries and the Jiffy Pop. Do you remember Jiffy Pops? Those of course little, I do. We were you know, just talking about, things. I was just talking yesterday with someone about <laughs> the old fashioned, you'd put it over this stove. You and... put it over the stove and shake it until it puffs yeah. up into a big thing. Okay. So they were taking the groceries in and I guess the Jiffy Pop fell out of the grocery bag. And instead of taking it in to my uncle, they took it back home to my grandmother's house and my cousin and my brother were making it on the stove. Shake, shake, shake. The phone rings. My grandmother comes into the kitchen. She answers the phone. Uncle John's on the phone. Those boys took my Jiffy Pop. And for whatever reason, my grandmother, the strict one, okay, the one you don't get away with anything. She goes, John, I'm so tired of you complaining about these boys being your problems about everything. They didn't take your Jiffy Pop. And she's she's got her back to them. And they've got the stove. Right. <laughs> and she hangs up the snowball mat and storms out of the kitchen. She doesn't stop to ask the boys. They're on the stove make. I guess it was just one too many times that her brother-in-law got mad at her about the, the grandkids. She's like, stop blaming those boys for everything, John. I, I will take you, your jiffy pop. Right. So you use you use the grandkids as a way of of handling your other emotional issues yes yes um, but <laughs> I, I will t i will tell you it it's also very fun to bring it i mean i'm years older than when the kids the the kids were younger yes and you have a different perspective right Th different right. priorities you do and some things don't matter and yet i still find my buttons being pushed periodically i bet right like if they're disrespectful or don't listen, it's like, how many times have I told oh, you yeah. do not jump on the freaking couch? <laughs> don't jump on the couch. And and I <laughs> and I have caught myself being my parents. Turn off oh. the light when you leave the room. Oh, I'm a turn off the light when you leave the room person too. Well, have Where you seen the electric bills from? lately? Yes, I pay them. They're awful. And it, Exactly. So <laughs> it's, and by the way, I'm sure... I actually, one of our kids growing up, I remember her saying to me, you know, it's less expensive to leave them on than to turn them on and off all the time. I heard that was true, but we really need to look up that and see if that's an old wives tale, because I swear to you, I run around behind Brian turning things off all the time. He's the turn the, turn the light on. I'm, I'm the turn the light off, you know, but don't, don't quote me. I've made dinner in the dark before. <laughs> Way too much information. <laughs> it's a long story. We'll have to ask me about it at Halloween. Well, I guess it, you know what? I'm looking it up right now. It uh -huh. depends. It depends on the type of lights you have. Oh, say more. So, well, apparently, according to the um, Department of Energy for the United States government, okay. uh, if you have a fluorescent light, 
let's see, incandescent lighting should be turned off whenever they're not needed. Uh, halogen, halogen lighting are more efficient. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Turn those lights off when they're not needed. Okay. I don't even know what a CFL is now that. Me either. CFL, they actually tell you to leave it on if you're going to be coming back and forth into the room. Now, this one's interesting. LED lighting, which we have in our house now. So we, uh -huh. have, a, we have a new home and everything is LED. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you leave them on or off. Oh, okay. Operating life is unaffected by turning it on and off. Light, lifetime is reduced for other lamps, switching them on and off, but no, no effect on LED. Hmm. Um, LEDs turn on at full brightness instantly, and they're unaffected by vibration. And I'm, guess, I'm guessing that uh, cost savings isn't is negligible for LEDs. Is my guess. Mm -hmm. That's why everybody's moving to LEDs. Yeah. So well, maybe I shouldn't be telling. Maybe I shouldn't be telling them to turn their lights off. <laughs> LEDs are roughly 75% more efficient than an incandescent light bulb. Hmm. Who knew? Oh. Well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Our grandparents I, are all I'm wrong. just, I'm looking at some other. Um... If you want to save energy, turn all the lights on. <laughs> Makes sense. There you go. <laughs> So if you had 10 LED lights yes. and left them on for one hour per day when they're not needed, uh -huh. it will add an extra $5 to your lighting bill every year. That's it. Oh, wow. So you don't have to run around turning them off if you have here's, all LEDs. Here's to LEDs. <laughs> I need to switch to LEDs, apparently. <laughs> So well, we actually, by the way, we have some of, in some places in the house, we have the smart bulbs. We have smart so, bulbs. So everything rubs, runs on your phone. It's kind of yes, cool. Yes, we have smartphone bulbs. It's really fun trying to get them to turn on. Like <laughs> we have this one light in the living room called the fan light. And I think we've programmed it too many times. So there's too many redundancies. So L-A-L-E-X-A. Yeah, right. Uh, um, she's like, there are more than one fan lights. Which one do you mean? And we find ourselves yelling at her, like, just turn the fan light on. Yeah, it's always fun when you yell it's at ridiculous. them. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, they do not learn better. Just like children. It's not good to yell at children. They don't learn better. <laughs> they do anyway. when you tell them not to jump on the couch. <laughs> Ooh, don't nice make me back. <laughs> don't make me count to three if i get to three you won't like it three i don't know what happens at three but it seems really powerful i've never gotten to three <laughs> never i wonder gotten to if three. it's like like the um the owl in the how many licks does it take to get to the center the tootsie, the roll. tootsie roll Bob. one or two all right did you ever try it oh i no, I never tried to uh, do more than, I'm sure it's at least 25 licks. It, oh, it's more than that. It's got to be like 100, oh. I guess. All right, <laughs> shall, we, shall we jump into today's show? Because I didn't yes. do what we're talking about. Yes. In fact, I'm glad. So today is National Make Your Bed Day. And I thought I would talk about uh, nine reasons to make your bed every day. 
or, you know, pick the good habit. It probably could be nine reasons to brush your teeth every day or nine reasons to, I don't I'm know, glad you, I'm glad you, away. I'm glad you at least prefaced it with that. Cause that's really what we're aiming at here. <laughs> okay. But today is national make your bed day in the United States. And uh, now it's also nine 11 today. And yes, in the U S that's a lot of significance. So I, I recognize this is a notoriously difficult, sad day in U.S. history, um, and for some people around the world, it just depends on how connected you were to that event. But we thought we'd be a little cheeky with today and talk about the other 9-11 National Make Your Bed Day, <laughs> just to give us a little bit of a break. So I usually make my bed every day, and Scott and I were talking about this, and you don't. No. I, I peer, so I cheat. Let me tell you what I do. Okay. Um, and and I want to start with a little bit of backstory as to how we even had this discussion. Because we, we, you know, periodically <laughs> I can't in remember. our well, in our planning, we go through the calendar and we look up what national days are and do they fall on certain podcast episode days and and the like. And we stumbled on the Make Your Bed Day, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that my mother-in-law always made her bed first thing in the morning the first thing she did got out of bed and, and made her bed wow. and every day without fail wow. and um i've always and i've been married quite a while so i always heard about this and and it was <laughs> like why right i i'm pretty practical it's like i'm gonna get back in the bed there are times when i take a nap <laughs> i'm gonna get back in the bed yes um, why am I making a bed only to unmake it again and then have to make it again? So, yes. um, and, and nobody sees my bed. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So here's what's funny. Periodically, I will notice and getting ready for the show. I noticed that my wife makes her side of the bed <laughs> and I never noticed me. it before. And mine's not made. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, go Carolyn. Well, so according to the National Sleep Foundation, they did a poll and approximately 70% of Americans make their bed every day and 50% of Americans turn the covers down before bed. I found that fascinating because I'm a, I'm a former, why should I make the bed when I'm just going to get in it every day person turned make your bed every day. And I, I don't really know what happened to turn me but here's, here's what I figured out. So here's some of the benefits I see and what I pulled from my research and preparation for today. So number one, if you have a king size bed, depending on your covers and pillows, you can get in about 150 steps in the morning, just making your bed. So, oh, no, 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 yes, no, you no. Yes, yes, I have a step counter, yes. Yes. And so it's only 10, if you're aiming for 10,000 a day. What the hell are you doing? Hotel style military, drop a quarter on it and see if it bounces. What are you doing? Perhaps. I mean, my bed is king size. So it, you know, if I'm making it by myself, it takes a lot to walk around the bed and straighten it out on that side and walk back around the bed and straighten it out on that side. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. So there are times (laughs) when I will pull the sheets and covers up because we have dogs just just yes. to prevent some dander and well, whatever good, good. but no you just pull the freaking thing up and drop it <laughs> <laughs> no no anyway uh, i counted it 
because I'm doing a step challenge right now. So it's 150 steps to make my bed. Okay. So it's a little bit of movement in the morning. And my point is with, with this one, the number one reason is this habit can lead to other healthy habits. Okay. So that's number one. Now, reason two, three, and four come from a, a not inaugural address, a graduation address from Navy SEAL Admiral McRaven. Admiral McRaven. Yeah. Have you seen that video? Spectacular guy. Yeah. So Very he, impressive man. Super impressive. And that's a great video just overall. If you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube, uh, Navy SEAL Admiral McRaven. And so he explained that when they were in Navy SEAL training, the first inspection of any day was making their bed. And so one of his reasons why you should make your bed every day is he said, if you, if you make your bed in the morning, you will have accomplished your first task of the day. And it will give you a small sense of pride. It will encourage you to do another task and another. Well, we have a small technical glitch. Uh, so I'm going to continue with where Michelle was going because I actually as well have studied uh, Admiral McRaven. And it's very interesting uh, that what McRaven has said is that if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small, simple prize and encourage you to do another task and another and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. And here's the interesting thing um, while we wait for Michelle to rejoin us. Here's the interesting thing. McRaven said, if you can't do the little things right, You'll never be able to do the big things right. And uh, I have always uh, maintained that how you do anything is how you do everything and that everything matters. So when we go back, and I'll be very self-effacing here, uh, I don't freaking make my bed. It's like, um, I don't know what that means from a personality test standpoint, because I'm really highly dedicated and highly structured on everything else which I think ultimately translates down to, I think I'm highly structured and highly habituated to not making my bed. So maybe there is structure even in not doing that. Um, and I will say this, one of the listeners, because this is also important, um, one of the listeners had talked, to, had, had mentioned, do you ventilate it before you make it? And the reality is that what, I think as Dr. Oz, I was talking to my sister about this this morning, uh, Dr. Oz has even recommended airing out your bed before you, he wants you to make it, but air it out first, because what happens is that among other things, not making the bed and letting it get sunlight kills dust mites, among other things. Not that I like to think about dust mites and everything else that might be in your bed, but uh, the reality is exposure to light and air is also good for them. Um. Let's see here. We have our co-host rejoining us. Give her just a second. And there she is. So what what we were doing, uh, Michelle, before you so rudely decided to leave and go make your bed, uh, was that I was explaining the rest of the McRaven quote and uh, also then talking about that, in fact, 
a lot of people recommend at least 20 minutes of airing out your bed and get letting it get sunlight before uh hold on one second uh letting it get sunlight before you make it because among other things the dust mites might go away um now that said i think that one of the important things that you've that you've mentioned michelle is this is about creating structure and it's about promoting mental physical and emotional health and so it doesn't matter <laughs> which routine that it is right i mean for you it doesn't matter the routine it's it, whether it's make your bed i routinely don't make my bed is what i was joking about before uh you left us. See, now those of you on audio will never see what we're seeing right now. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, well, talk about keeping your shit together in the middle of a podcast. My we're all good. <laughs> we're all good. So, you know, going going back so that we don't lose time here, the reality is yeah. that it's about routining, right? It's about performance. And right. you've accomplished something. I think that's where the, yes. the, the reason number two, talking. you've accomplished it's, something. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And if you don't accomplish it. So right. I've, I've heard the argument that if you don't make your bed, right, you don't start off with some big high uh, that leads to stress and feelings of unmanageability. I don't make my bed and I don't have that issue. Okay. Well, I don't. This podcast episode may not be for you. I, well, it is because I think we've got a lot of listeners who may take a, a, a look back and say, wait, yeah, maybe I don't make the bed, but what structure do I have in my life? So I, yeah. I will tell you that I am one of those people who I wake up, I get out of bed. I don't just lay there. It's like, up, right. go, bam, let's start the day because okay. I've got a lot of stuff that I want to accomplish. Um, I'm, you know, to me, that's a huge accomplishment to, to go in and get up out of bed. is a huge accomplishment. Sounds yes. really weird, but the, you know, the reality is though, it's, it's that I don't languish. I don't delay. It's like go out and seize the day. Right. 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 So, yeah. So his, his first reason or, or my second reason is that, one task of accomplishment leads to another task leads to another task. And so it's the first step in feeling accomplished. Now, he also said, my reason number three is that making your bed reinforces the fact that the little things in life actually do matter. That if you can do a little thing well, you will be able to do big things well. And if you can't do the little things well, it's hard to do the big things well. So it shows you your own ability to do things, a sense of self-efficacy. So that's my second reason is self-efficacy, this feeling like I can do stuff. Michelle Obama talks about it in her book, her most recent book, which the name is escaping me. But during the pandemic, she talked about learning how to knit and that in the middle of chaos, if she could do one stitch it reminded her that she can do something like she can accomplish things. So it's that sense of accomplishment. So that's number two. And then the third reason that um, Admiral McRaven mentioned is that making your bed reinforces the, 
the, oh, no, he said, by the, by the end of the day, if you've had a miserable day, that you'll come home to a bed that's made, know that you made it, and a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be a better day. So he, he basically says, if you want to, <laughs> if you, if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. <laughs> so I'm going to sound, you said we're, it's a cheeky episode. I'm going to sound, it is. I'm going to sound a bit cheeky and snobby. Okay. I love when I'm traveling, coming back and somebody else has made the bed. Oh, that's fun. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and that's why I say I don't make it every day. Cause if I know somebody's going to come and make the bed, yeah, I'm going to leave it undone <laughs> because I, I feel like it, it um, makes me feel cared for when someone else makes it for me. Now in, um, in the Admiral's video, one of the coolest things about it is, you know how they say never read the comments in a video section. So if you look at the YouTube video, um, there's a lot of comments under there that are really inspirational. For instance, one, uh, one person wrote that they learned to make the bed in rehab and it's the first thing they've done every day for six years. And that's six years of recovery, six years of rehab. So if you think about just, you know, your life is a mess, you're recovering some from something major, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's some other kind of rehab she didn't say, but just the idea that making the bed is a first step in the right direction. I thought that well, was really cool. So you talk about comments and again, I'm going to, I'm the guy that doesn't make the bed. Um, th there was a comment made by a, a journalist by the name of John Kelly out of the Washington post. And I love this. Uh -huh. I would never want to make an enemy of retired Admiral William H. McRaven. With his highly specialized Navy SEAL training, McRaven could slip silently into my bedroom and dispatch me with extreme prejudice. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be choppering back to an aircraft carrier before my body even hit the floor. But why in this outlandish and violent scenario would McRaven want to take me out in the first place? because I didn't make my bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And there, there was another comment that I really loved, which was in a, in a world full of chaos and struggle, coming home to a made bed at the end of the night gave them hope. And I, I just thought that was really powerful. So, so anyway, those are your first four. Moving on to Reason number five and six, this comes from verywellmind.com. So I really like that. So reason number five is making your bed every day enhances organization, productivity, and improves focus. So they outlined a clear link between living and working in an organized clutter-free environment to having improved focus, goal setting, and productivity. Whereas messier homes, particularly extremely messy homes like hoarding situations, cause distress, distraction, and lose loss of focus. And here's something interesting for our senior listeners. Um, people 65 and above living in a tidy environment has been shown to improve and or retain brain function and enhance a sense of general quality of life. So a nice, a nicely made bed um, also usually prevents us from going back to bed and wasting valuable time. Now for you, Scott, you don't, you don't sleep as long of a night. So you need to go back to bed and get your naps in. 
which so my, I can't my hear power exception naps. to the rule. Your power, so, your disco so, naps. But I'm good again. I'm going to give the pushback here, and I will tell you, sure. I have I have periodically made my bed not like you apparently make your bed because i'm getting in like three steps uh, <laughs> yeah 150 steps no you you get out of bed you flop the sheet it's done um maybe that's not making the bed but i i want to push back too because i have while i've always been rather organized i can tell you where everything is uh, yes there there's also the concept because you talk about and certainly not the hoarder situation, but you talk about messiness, right? Yeah, some clutter. Uh-huh. So I, for a long time, had a very messy, cluttery desk. When I I'm working do. on when I'm working on magic, for example, it is all over yes. this freaking office right now. Yes. And here's the thing: I think that I I remember reading, and that's that very creative people, yes, don't get lost in the details, so they're not concerned with. Yes. Making the bed or putting, you know, every deck of cards goes in a card case and you got to put it away before it's like, hell no, I'm going to pick up the deck of cards in about 10 minutes. I'm going to stay, keeps going to stay out of the case. <laughs> so when you think about people who have brains that are aligned with seeing big pictures, uh huh. Um, I think that what we're talking about today still holds true for them. It's just a sure. diff, it's just a different structure of early morning performance, right? Yes, absolutely. Because there's also a correlational study about creative people having slightly messier desks, not dirty, not unhygienic. Correct. Um, not, yeah, we're not talking about any of that. We're just talking about messy, I, cl more clutter. I, I have more clutter in my office. I'm looking I'm at my creative. I'm looking at my desk right now. And mm -hmm. one of my desks right now. Uh, <laughs> that I, seriously, might be I, the first. That I've might got, be the first I have, clue. I have four working desks in my office right now. <laughs> um, and you know, there there's one, two, three. It's like four, the magic desk. Five. The podcast. I've got about desk. seven ongoing projects <laughs> going all at the same time, and then there's a pile of books. That I haven't read yet. And then there's a pile of stuff that is to get to. Don't do this at home, folks, as they warn you. Your your partner may be very mad unless you have a man cave or office. I do. Or, so I mean, that's, she shed. And, and and so I'm I'm somewhat uh sensitive to the fact that this is not for this is not for general consumption. Yes. And when we have a party, I clean up. And yes. I mean, I, I can put it all away if I if I have to. But again, it's very similar to me. If it gets put, I'm the guy that if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Yes. Um, And I wonder now, listening to you talk, what the psychology behind my, why should I make the bed? Nobody's going to see it anyway. What's the point concept? Right. Well, but I'll I get to that. Okay. Because that is one of my my tips about nobody's going to see it. Um, okay, so number six, though, in honor of the research from VeryWellMind.com, is that correlationally making the bed every day is linked with a sense of calm, relaxation, and stress reduction. So the the research shows that people with messier homes, 
again, especially extremely messy homes, like in a hoarding situation, are known to have decreased executive functioning. Um, the power of executive functioning is lower, higher stress, higher mental health concerns, and less emotional regulation. Um, from a practical standpoint, kind of like you said about throwing the covers over the bed, though, it prevents dust and dirt from getting under the covers. So it can lead to better health and hygiene versus just leaving them crumpled on top of the bed with no, no covering. So if you're struggling with stress or struggling with relaxation or that, that sense of calm is missing, then a simple thing like making the bed every day can add to your self-care routine and help with that kind of reduction of, of stress. So that's number six. Now, number seven comes from bettersleep.com. And so yes, number seven is better sleep. <laughs> For whatever reason, studies show that your sleep environment, including making a bed is part of sleep hygiene and leads to better quality sleep. So those who make their beds are more likely to report getting the rest that they need while uh, research can't really pinpoint why this is, um, it's just a strong correlation that's out there. And in fact, the, the poll that they're often referencing in these studies is from the National Sleep Foundation, where people who make their beds in the morning are reporting 19% more likelihood of getting a good night's rest every night. Now, it's not a guarantee. I, you know, thank you, menopause and being a woman, I struggle with sleep issues and I make my bed. So big F off to all this sleeping better data, but it could work for you. If you don't make the bed every night and you struggle with sleep, start making the bed, try it out, see what happens. So that's number seven. Did you hear that? <laughs> there was a flash of thunder and lightning outside my window that you know how there's a difference between the time that you hear it and the time oh, that yes, you see the it distance yeah there was no difference in time well it's about to, <laughs> well it's been nice knowing you and um we're gonna see and if that's lightning, why my power went out <laughs> by, by the way there, there's a reason that lightning does not strike twice in the same place okay that's because and? usually the place isn't there after the first one. <laughs> so if I suddenly drop off of this podcast again, it's been nice knowing all of you. I love you. you. Go. Have a good life. <laughs> so okay, I got to tell you, wait, 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 while we're talking okay. about all this, I just looked this yeah, yeah. up while we, while you were talking uh -huh. and that, now I'm, now I'm like a little weirded out because oh. according to the site that I'm on, the average bed is home to 1.5 million dust mites. Oh, you're, I know it's crazy. And, and literally what we were chatting about before, just fresh sunlight uh, may actually magically kill them. Um, yes. But, but, but you got to move your mattress not, out Yeah, <laughs> in the sun and that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, mattress covers are a big solution. A hypoallergenic mattress cover also makes your bed more hygienic and less likely to be prone to dust mites and et cetera, et cetera, because your mattress is, you can't wash your mattress. You can spot clean it, but you can't stick it in the wash machine. So that thing is like five, 10 years old. You need to protect it in some way that, yeah. that keeps you hygienically clean. 
So I, I highly recommend a mattress cover, by the way. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to <laughs> offer a disclaimer right now because as I'm yes. going through this site uh, and listening to you, apparently I don't ever make my bed. Uh, <laughs> even, even when I tell you I do my three steps and pull the sheet over it, um, because there are specific ways to make the sheet and make the bed. That's um, why it's 150 steps. There you go. And um, which now makes me want to be even more practical. And you have to put less sheets on the bed. You got less work to do. Um, yes. And, <laughs> you know, throughout all this, by the way, you know, we've been kidding about the dust mites, et cetera. Folks, remember to wash your sheets. I know. Yes. Yes. I mean, and have a spare pair. You know, it's it's really important. Now, here's one that really surprised me when I was doing my research. Number eight, financial health, budgeting. So Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G, in his book, The Power of Habit, mm -hmm. is correlated with better productivity, a greater sense of well-being, which I already mentioned, and stronger skills at sticking with a budget. What? Making your bed helps you stick with a budget? Wow. Well, so, I, I, you know, again, you're I struggling think... with your finances or you. Yeah, it's habits. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. And, and that's right? what we were mentioning before. And understand that. Making your bed. You may have periodically heard Michelle and I talk about chunking up and chunking down with a macro or micro approach uh, to life. Yep. The micro approach, the chunking down of just making your bed takes your brain and gives it a digestible and easy to implement way of doing yes. this power of habit, among other things. Yes. And I, yes. Think, I think all of us, no matter whether you're the creative types or whether you're the OCD types or whether you're the, let's just walk the middle road um, and you're, you know, you'll make your bed sometimes. I mean, really make it. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we can all benefit from better and more powerful habits. Yes. And right, you get up and you, I presume, brush your teeth. There are reasons for doing that. And this isn't a matter of just blindly, for me, it's not just a matter of blindly making your bed every morning. It's understanding the why right. behind it. Right. Exactly. It's understanding the why behind it. And it's it's a healthy habit that you could start to implement if you haven't really thought of it. So I'm still alive. You can still hear me. I, can. I assume. Keep going. Okay, I'm I'm on my last ninth one, which is nobody's going to see my bed. Why should I make it? Okay, this is my point. Number nine. It improves your aesthetic, the feeling of being surrounded by beautiful things. So making your bedroom, your bed makes your bedroom look more expensive. It shows off whatever bedding that you probably paid good money for it makes your room look more inviting and just by fluffing the pillows and spreading the blankets it has a whole beautiful aesthetic connected right, to it i'm, I'm going to admit makes I, things look more expensive i'm going to make a concession here 
and that is, and I'll be honest, okay. I'm I'm the recipient of this. I'm not the doer of this. Um, when my wife gets new bedding and she, you know, like we'll go shopping and suddenly she'll see this pattern that she likes and she comes in and it's all very stylistically put together and it looks like we're in a hotel, um, right? Yeah, or, you know, it's like it's got yes. this expensive... It does. It's cool. It's very nice. And then I get in bed and mess it up and I don't make it again. <laughs> so see, that's why don't do this at home, people. <laughs> Unless your partner has decided that they are the bed maker. Well, again, <laughs> I we have a blended household. Her side is yes. made and my side is not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that is also an option. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's, those are my nine reasons for making the bed every day. I hope it helps some of you either feel good about the fact that you're making the bed or consider making your bed more often. Well, it, it, <laughs> I, I think all of these, they certainly make sense because we've all been there. Um, but before we end the show today, I do want to talk about, because you're a performance coach. I uh, essentially am a performance coach. We call it other things, but we're all in the performance mode when we work with clients, helping people to perform better in life. Yes. And do you notice as a, as a therapist that couples who come to you with some type of structure habits, you know, th things like what we've been talking about, tend to have a stronger relationship or is there no correlation at all? Hmm. That's a really good question. Again, you you look at me and my wife, right? Um, it, it, we're not polar opposites, but because right. but, when we're creating, you know, when Carolyn is working on a project or um, mm -hmm. I mean, she used to have a gift basket business, for example, and ran it out of our oh. house and oh there's stuff everywhere while she's in the midst of creating and then it yeah. gets all picked up picked up and and put away i'm a little less put it away guy because i'm always creating everything there, there isn't anything that i can't look at and, and come up with something to use it for right so let's take the hoarding out of it let's take the messy out of it let's take and put the creating into it yeah um, you know, sometimes I would guess that from a relationship standpoint, you get two creative people together and it becomes very challenging. Oh, yes. Yeah. Be, to, to manage the clutter and the projects and the, you know, creative outlets, it definitely does. I think, I think, I don't know about structure and routine because some couples will complain about feeling controlled by one partner. So I, you know, I don't know how that plays into it. I do know like the fair play documentary that we talked about mm -hmm. uh, in our previous episode, the, the feeling of fair play, that it's a shared team approach to managing a household is one of the big things. When it's a shared team approach to managing the household, couples get along better. When somebody feels like too much of the burden is on them, and they're overloaded all the time and they don't feel like it's fair we have challenges so i'm going to i'm going to take this at, at, as the final little point today right and mm -hmm. and it is i love it 
when I'm around creative people. I love it mm -hmm. to watch Carolyn creating. I love it when I'm creating it, right? That's the zone for me. Mm -hmm. That's my connection with the universe. Um, if you tell me I have to do something, like yes. make the bed, <laughs> I will drastically push back. And so uh -huh. Uh -huh. I think the point of today's show, correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, the point of today's uh -huh. show is not to put a burden of making a bed on you. It's for right. you to understand the personal benefits of having any structure in your life first thing in the morning. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And, you know, it's a mission. If you, uh, oh, one of our listeners, if you choose to fold your sheets creatively, Scott, it might change your, <laughs> thank you for chiming in. <laughs> well, you ought to see what I do with napkins. Oh, you should see what we do with towels. I just learned the coolest towel folding method from Brian. It's amazing. <laughs> there's, there's, some pretty, there's some pretty good towel origami stuff out there. Uh, <laughs> yes. I have not done it cruise. with, not done it with, yeah, not done it with sheets though, or, or blankets. <laughs> yes. So get some structure in your life that feels like, you know, whatever it is, what, what helps you feel accomplished? What helps you feel a better sense of sleep? What helps you stick with your budgets and your goals? What helps you feel calm and stress proof and stress relief? Um, what causes you to feel like you're surrounded by beauty and a beautiful aesthetic? And maybe some of that is making the bed if you choose this mission. Otherwise, it will self-destruct yeah. in about three minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show today. Next okay. week, next week, we're going to talk about a subject very near and dear to my heart why you need a superhero so we're, we're going to have a lot of fun next week um I I, thank you all for listening to us please remember to like subscribe and share on your favorite podcast platform uh, our show so we may continue to grow and michelle any last words thank you for your patience everybody with my technical difficulties that's it yeah well <laughs> you know when, when you learn to control the lightning we'll have a different discussion <laughs> Yes, exactly. Got to right. got to keep your shit together whether there's lightning outside or there not. There you go. <laughs> all right, with that, thank you all for listening to us until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>